0: Hello everyone and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you as always from Deep Within the Outer Rim, far beyond the Watchful Eyes, of the Galactic Empire. My name is Joe McTally. Joining me as always is my co-host, Mr. Garrett K. Jones. Garrett, how are you today? I'm good. It's been a
1: day and we started getting some rain. So I'm I'm I'm
0: thrilled about that. Hey, there you go. There you go. It's uh Beautiful day out out here uh, in my neck of the woods, as they say. Um, Unfortunately, as you see, Will cannot be here. Uh, He's been having, uh, you know, just just needed some time off, uh, a little hectic out in his area. So Um, we're going to be doing it, just the two of us today. But that's fine. That's fine. We'll have Will back next week to talk episode 10 of Andor, but today we are talking episodes eight and nine and i gotta say first off these have been probably two of the most terrifying episodes of star wars i personally have ever seen they were just utterly just gave me chills there are scenes in these there's parts of these last two episodes that i just gave me straight chills um terrifying how i don't know like well, let's let's start with the um, with Andor story. Andor being sent to prison, that prison, the way it worked, and the way they were able to keep everyone in line without really having to resort to physical violence that much, other than of course the shocking, but just the terror that they use and the mind games that they played. Just, I don't know, just something about it. That whole prison just gave me chills.
1: I had just in in that sequence when they started introducing the audience and Andor to the prison at Narkina five, the first thing that popped into my head was the prison from the movie face off. Mm. Um, If if you remember the way that that prison was designed, they had magnetic boots so that in the event that they need to go to lockdown and there's some kind of a riot, the boots magnetically adhere to the, to the ground and Mm. inmates can't move. Um, something similar. And there's a lot of, a lot of uh, torture and and pain and stuff like that, like electroshock treatment. In this case, it was, you know, it's electroshock treatment all across the floor. Instead of using the magnetic boots, everyone's barefoot. So you get zapped because, you know, rubber's a nice insulator.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that in just the, the carrot and stick method that they use to keep people in line without, the carrots and really even not they're They're invisible carrots. Mm-hmm. Like oh, you yeah. think that you think that you're going in, you know, we're, we're skipping ahead, but they give you just little, like, even the competition, like, Oh, there's competition between the two to make it seem like, Hey, you know, there's, there's hope. They're always get that false bit of hope mm-hmm. and that hope is not there. But, and then you, um, well, let's talk, let's start with, you know, and or, getting, getting to the prison, Um, you know, getting to the prison and, you know, meeting and immediately the thing I was struck with was the starkness of it. It was just very, just white, just very clean, very, very imperial. I mean, it was just very, you know, when you, you, uh, you you can't oppose that to you know where he come from you know in the dirt and the grime to this just very pristine white hospital-like almost hospital-like setting like old hospital-like setting where everything is just white
1: yeah um, and it was very very stark yeah and i like that the, I, I like how you described that as being very imperial mm-hmm. um and i i just i thought it was just in kind of intense yeah um so yeah that was kind of it was kind of kind of neat uh to see how that how that played out um I'm, I'm i'm looking at pictures right now and just how isolated the everything is just bonkers
0: yeah 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 and they're like i like i kind of hinted how they're able to keep everyone in line without using, I mean, they even say like, how are we, you know, you're wondering how are we able to be, to be close to you, this close to you, walk up to you without any weapons. And then you realize it's the floor is basically electrified. Yeah. And that's how they're able to keep everyone in line. You know, with this, you know, fear of, you know, getting electrocuted and this and to maintain you know this you know they use that same fear to motivate them to do work by saying you know hey if you if you get last you get you get fried if you you know so there's this fear of pain that motivates the workers there well the other thing that i think is
1: interesting and it it feels absolutely terrifying to be in that situation just Mm -hmm. like there there's that like when they do that first lights out after andor is brought in and you know, he's still standing on the floor and the lights are blinking red and the, they're starting to speed up. That creates a sense of tension. Cause you're like, you we know what's going to happen when those lights start blinking red, because yeah. we've seen what happens. We've been told what's, what's going to happen. And you're just like, dude, get off the floor, get off the floor, get, get off the floor, floor. Yeah. Yeah, get and off the, finally floor, yeah. step the floor right as it switches. And I'm like, Oh God it's so intense.
0: oh yes yes and it's a different type of like i think the the second most terrifying episode i've ever seen in star wars television was the episode, was the mandalorian episode where they're on the uh new republic prison ship um and they yes. do the, they do the breakout that but this was a different type of ter- like I don't know it was it was similar, but but it was similar but different. Like the well,
1: the first one they didn't want to, you know, you were afraid of getting caught. This one it was more of a you're already caught, but the audience is afraid that, uh, you know, they're gonna watch you know this beloved character get
0: zapped and, yeah. and tortured to hell. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, what's just so funny because there's it's mental torture. There's no physical torture, which we can look ahead to when um, what's her name gets tortured later on. Oh Bix, but, yeah. Yeah, when Bix gets when Bix gets tortured. But it's a completely different type of torture because it's all mental. It's all psychological. It's all um and Andy Circus's character was amazing. Um I loved him as the as the foreman there. Um, and his his slow realization of what's going on was just brilliant. Well, and Um, and what's what's interesting is
1: you know he's been there for a while. He's he's that hardened inmate who's just trying to survive. He's trying to make it through because he's been promised you know x number of shifts. He's going to be done. He's out. Yeah, and here he is. He's coming to that, and or at least he he thinks he is or he thinks he is. Yeah. And then we see, and we see what really is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And
0: I mean, in, in just that realization in episode nine, when Andor realizes and even says no one is listening yeah, because they don't care about them. They are, Mm -hmm. they're, 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 they're droids, they're clones. They're, they can be tossed away.
1: Well, it's so much, it's so much cheaper to bring in slave labor. You just, mm-hmm. you know, they don't even have to have, the emperor doesn't have to have a reason. He, he'd be like, oh, you, we suspect you of being a rebel. Bye-bye. Yeah. Because, I mean, if, if you look at it, like, you know, Andor had nothing to do with what happened on that, that beach planet. He gets mm-hmm. arrested anyway. He wasn't even resisting arrest or detainment. He was just asking to be let go. They detain him. They knock him unconscious. The next thing he sees he's in front of a judge he explains to the judge what happened they're like yeah sorry wrong place wrong time you're gone for the next six years and at this point we have no idea how long time has passed I mean it could be weeks it could be months we have no clue mm-hmm.
0: um
1: and so you know meanwhile we've we've got this uh we've got this prison sentence that we're following him through and it's just getting worse by the second the longer mm-hmm. he's there the chance of survival becomes less and less because uh you know what happened with uh, uh the old guy uh, mm, yeah happened. like who knows what kind of health issues popped up because of this both the psychological torture the me- the lack of of treatment or or uh other health issues that creep up because of the number of times he's gotten zapped
0: yeah yeah and I thought, yeah, it's just so. But like I said, you know, and that realization for Andy Circus's character to realize that, you know, when he finds out that they're just transferring, they just transfer him from one prison to the other, yeah. and there's no, they're not getting out. No, there's you there's know? no getting out for them. There's no getting out, and looking at you know some of the other story beats that have been going out, especially in episode nine how the title of the movie affects or the show can be put on everyone, on all the different levels of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, like with Mon Mothma talking to the Senate and realize nobody's listening.
1: No, they don't nobody, care. Nobody,
0: They don't care. Um, As you, you know, you see the lights going out as she's saying, and you even hear someone shouting in the background, long live the empire. Yeah. And, you know, well, even try- then,
1: even then, her her own daughter, you know, her own daughter wasn't listening to her. She gave her mm. daughter instructions about something, and her daughter's like, "Dad said I don't have to." Mm.
0: You
1: know, even even on that little micro level, you know, nobody's listening. Nobody's listening to her. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, oh, I gotta give I mean a quick shout out in episode eight, uh, the return of um. Okay, just taking my Star Wars cred right now. <laughs> was it Wolf? No, from uh, from the from from Rogue One.
1: Who came back? The character? Here from... Which character came?
0: Oh oh oh, oh um, uh, Saw Gerrera. Saw yeah, Saw Gerrera. The Return of Saw yeah. Gerrera. They just... finally
1: brought him in. I knew that he, he was going to be coming in. I yeah. just wasn't sure in what. I mean. Out. yes,
0: it was. It was a short thing, but you kind of see, you know, what um. What they're trying to what what they're trying to do, and you know, Saul Guerrero talking. You know, he's trying to bring, you know, uh, what's his name trying to bring all these different factions together. And you find out that you know, there's all these different branches. It, you know, we look at the rebellion from the movies, and we see just this unified force going against the Empire. But now we're seeing that you have all these different factions, all these different things. You know, like you said, you have separatists, you have, uh new republican um yeah i think he didn't call them new republicans he called them uh nouveau republicans
1: i don't know I don't remember something like that. that
0: you have all yeah. these different um yeah you know, all these different factions and each one is wanting something completely different Which, right. which, which well, I mean, ultimately the thing
1: that they want that that unites them is the fact that they want freedom from the emperor.
0: Yeah. They want freedom
1: for the galaxy to be able to live uh the way that they they want. They want liberty. Yeah. But yeah, their 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 interpersonal or their interfactional um uh, issues are what's keeping them separate. Mm-hmm. And you know, and while Saw is I think Saw is closed-minded about it, he's right because you know, you, you, you see, you know that's how that is how the uh, the empire started, is by playing off these factions and getting them to hate one another instead of seeing what they have in common.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because that was the whole basis for the Clone Wars to begin with.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, but and then you know, Mon Mothma. You see, Mon Mothma having to slowly, even kind of, you know. You know what's the word I'm looking for? She's has to compromise even some of her beliefs. Yeah. You know, with how you know, with you know, bringing in like you know the the person that you know trying to get money from you. You know, says that he's basically a thug, and but she still has to go through with it because you know she needs she needs that financing. She needs that money to finance this rebellion, and yeah. she's learning that you have to work with unsavory characters yep. and, you know, not everything can be above board, Um. but yeah. Yeah. The, the
1: thing I found most interesting is that like, you're starting to see the, ven- the, the veneer crumble mm-hmm. because there's a desperation happening on both sides. Like Luther is getting to a point where like he kind of developed some care for, for Andor. He wants to know what Andor knows, because it's just like any handler. You want to know, you want to debrief your, your operative. And Mm -hmm. that's what Andor was for him. He wasn't just a thief. He was an operative. Um, And so he's trying to get that intelligence. You know, he met with Vel and Vel was, you know, she didn't want to really deal with him. And, and her whole thing is that she's trying to find Andor as well and it's n- it may not be because she wants to find him to help him out. She may want to kill him because yeah. he knows too much. He's a loose end. And at this point, he's a loose end that nobody can find because he got locked in prison.
0: Definitely, yeah. Um, One of the I... things I
1: did especially like in episode, you know, going from episode 8 to episode 9 is the the interaction between Mira and Cyril Karn. oh, the, uh, because that that right there is is developing to some very interesting territory. Because that is, like,
0: I, like sh- th- I think we I think we can officially take off the um, any of the rumors that I was trying to put out there of Mira being the uh, turning into a rebel. What she did to Bix, oh, she's a true oh. believer. Oh, she is such a true believer. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, she's going, she's going like now she's believing the hype that Andor is involved. And it's she's going like hardcore after him. But what's interesting is like, you know, Cyril thinks that there's some kind of connection between them. And, and it's like he, he's like, when we had that conversation, she's like, no, that wasn't a conversation. You were being interrogated. That was an
0: interrogation. <laughs>
1: you were being brought in for questioning because you were, you know, you were not doing what you were supposed to be doing. You were breaking uh, he, You know, you're a dereliction of duty by by, you know, oh. bringing all these other things to our attention.
0: That uh, was uh, Cyril's getting to some really cre- creepy uh territory. He, he uh, is. That been, was like, very creepy. That like, was I'm uncomfortably creepy.
1: I am waiting for him to just snap and kill his mom. <laughs> like, seriously, like just the way the conversation went in, in episode nine, where he's sitting there eating breakfast. He's getting ready for work. And like, she's just. Just badgering him and badgering him and badgering him. Finally, he's like, I got a promotion. She's like, oh, good. I'll leave you alone. Like she yeah. gives him
0: more cereal and stuff. It's like. Yeah, I I got, I definitely got some uh, some uh, Norman Bates uh, yes
1: there. There's definitely, there's definitely something. Like he is going, it, it, there's going to be a total throw mama from the train or in this case, throw mama from a hovercraft situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> wow. And it's going to be brutal. Like, oh, He's
1: he's he's just gonna finally let go, and it's just he, it's not gonna be pretty. Mm. He is he's a very repressed individual, and I like characters like that because you get to see what happens to build them towards that breaking point, and eventually it's gonna be something small, mm-hmm. you know, a little just this one little thing that's gonna push him over the edge. And I I think that same that same tension is starting to
0: ratchet up between him and Mira because yeah. their interactions are yeah. very brief. But Again, I think I think an interesting thing, and I don't know if where there's where they're leading this to, is not necessarily a a Mira um, to use a wrestling term, face turn, uh, where she turns, you know, turns good and becomes a rebel. But I think what you might see is a situation where Mira learns that just like everyone else, she's disposable. And you have something where it's Cyril. Will then become the one who kind of jumps in and takes her spot, and Mira is kind of tossed out in the garbage. I don't know. I don't think you know. I don't, I, don't, think, I mean, I, that would I be,
1: feel like Cyril's still the disposable character of those yeah. two,
0: yeah. Um,
1: because like he, you know, obviously the way he interacts with, with Mira during episode nine, where he stalks her at work, he you know, he tries to stop her from leaving the conversation. That kind of behavior—that's the kind of behavior of someone who it who doesn't realize just how disposable they are yet, and he's going to push things too far, Mm -hmm. and it's going to get him into more trouble than he realizes. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. It's going to be fun to see that though, because
0: over the next three episodes, that boy is in for a very awakening. They have made a a a good job in making him. He's not unlikable. unlike.
1: what's that? He's not unlikable, but he's he's somewhere between likable and unlikable.
0: You you he's unlikable, but you understand him. Like yes. you kind of you get where he's coming from. You understand why he does it, but at the same time, you're just like, oh, he's so creepy. Like, yes. And yeah. one of the things I one of the things I like about the, the
1: actor uh, Kyle Solar. I I like his performance. It's very nuanced. It's very quiet. Like you can see him processing. You can see him just thinking things through. But at the same time, um, he has these moments where he is reacting to stuff, and he his reactions are they're they're the things that are going to get him into a lot of trouble. Mm
0: -hmm. You know what? The first thing one the first time I saw him. On, on screen and, you know, listen to him and saw the whole thing. And um, it could be just, maybe it's just the way the character's designed, the character looks. I kept thinking Twin Peaks. I don't know what it is about him, but he has a very Twin he, Peaks vibe. He does. He looks like, um, uh, what's
1: his name? Uh, Kyle. Oh, now that's going to kill me. Twin Peaks. I'm looking it up right now. Um that's just gonna drive me it's just gonna drive me nuts until I get that name. Um it's
0: it is Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin. Another Kyle, Kyle, Kyle another Kyle. Yeah, what do you know? Maybe maybe Kyle's all look the same. I don't know. No, no, I, I no if for... it's all no defense to Kyle to the Kyles that are listening out there. <laughs> I know
1: plenty of Kyles look very different.
0: Just but you're right, there is a similar uh
1: jawline. Um, maybe Um even
0: though even the way they carry themselves like even yeah the way their their delivery just maybe he um, could maybe he could they can replace timothy
1: chalamet in dune and dune and make him the adult version of of uh yeah um, <laughs> of paul atreides
0: because <laughs> he looks uh, so much like mclaughlin yeah yeah <laughs> um Well, we already kind of mentioned it. Let's talk about the interrogation of Bix. Yeah. Um, Dude, that was gnarly. That was... You talk about terrifying. And it was... You're seeing two different versions of, of of torture being used. You saw it with how they're using it in the prison with Andor. And now you're seeing just straight out torture. Yeah, um, And, you know, just... And I love I love that scene was almost exactly the same of how they shot it at, in uh, when um, Leia is tortured for information in A New Hope. Where yes. you see the thing coming in and then the door closes and you see, even to the point of just all you see is the boots walking past the door as the door sh- slides shut as the torture begins. But just the idea of it was just terrifying of listening to these screams and how they they
1: blended in with the, uh, the grinder on the, on the mechanisms in the prison.
0: Yeah. And you don't hear, all you hear is her screaming. You don't hear what's going on. So you're left, which I think that is the, I'm not a big horror movie fan when it comes to like the gore and the violence. I like the more psychological stuff where your mind has to do the work. Your mind has to think about, what she's listening to because you don't hear anything of what she's hearing. You just, you just see her eyes and her face and you just have to kind of imagine in your own head what she is listening to and why it's having such a visceral effect on her.
1: Yes, I, I, I completely agree. Um, it's what I found was, uh, kind of interesting with this is like the the device that they use and the 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 guy who's doing the 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 uh, torture like he flat out tells her you know we use this on a whole planet full of people yeah. and especially their kids and the kids they just responded to, it to a completely different way and he's like it was interesting like he's talking about as if like you know he
0: he's he's-, a, he's talking like he's a scientist like he has he has no not only no moral, you know ground, you know, yeah, idea of what you know as far as being immoral, but to him it's just like, ooh, this is a new toy. This is exciting. Look at what we're doing. You know, look at what you know.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a clinical mentality behind what he's doing,
0: and he even seems to show a little bit of like like almost fake care whenever she's you know going you know again, you know with the printer straight. So he's like, oh no no no, those aren't there. You know. To keep, you know, you know, they're they're not going to hurt you. You almost like saying the restraints aren't going to hurt you. That's okay. You know, but then it's just very clinical and very, you know, like I said, he's, he's coming at it like a scientist. Like he's a doctor, like, you know, just.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it was very like, I, it, I felt bad for her because, you know, here she is, like, all she did was send a signal. Mm -hmm. and they don't know what the signal was. They don't know what it said. All they know is it was calling someone and she gave them everything that she knew only to have them torture her even further.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I do get the feeling though, that they're definitely setting up something with Mira not necessarily with mirror self, but this idea that you're always just one misstep away from, um, from being, uh, down the rung of the ladder and being from someone important to being someone that is just like, like, like we used the word before disposable, like, like you can just take, you know, it's that sneaky ladder of, okay, how far up do I, can I go before, to impress the upper, uh, you know, the people that are above me, but not be someone that they look at as potential rival. You know, what is that level that, you know, that kind of tightrope, And that's exactly what the emperor uses to keep the systems in line and keep, you know, the people under him in line is this, uh, is this, you know, keeping them hating each other, keeping them, you know, fighting amongst themselves, you know, just to keep him safe. And it's this balancing act and this, you know, jumping over each other and trying to climb this invisible ladder to reach these invisible brass rings. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, I'm, I'm really, I'm really curious to see what plays out next in episode Mm -hmm. 10, because that's going to be the episode. I mean, that's, we really where we're going to start getting more of the descending action in the in the plot line where we're mm-hmm. going to have uh, more engagement, more action. It's like by that point we're probably going to have some kind of uh, attempt for breakout. Yeah, yeah, we're I think have-
0: I think episode ten will will see the breakout, um, and then I wouldn't be surprised if episode eleven or twelve you start seeing you know maybe you see the you know. Mon Mothma kind of coming, you know, starting to form, you know, officially form the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well,
1: she's—I mean, she's already gearing towards that, but she's she's slowly but surely becoming a little bit more, yeah, activated, a little bit more uh, militant in the whole process because, mm-hmm. like, she's the fact that she's starting to use her influence to. You know, especially right in front of her husband. Yeah. Whereas before she was very clever to, you know, go into, you know, uh, into Luthen's shop and, and speak in, in code. code. Now she is whispering to another man in front of her husband. And it, it, even if he doesn't get suspicious about uh, any rebel activity, as someone who's, you know, who seems to be a, a fan of what the empire is doing, or at least mm-hmm. the way it's running. He, as a husband he's going to start getting really iffy about who she spends extra time
0: with yeah yeah
1: and yeah. that right there is going to be probably one of the 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 biggest things that's going to hamstring her but i think that 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 because we're seeing that tension build
0: and it's it's going to come to a head before the end of the season mm, definitely um well um as we kind of wrap up our look at Andor and kind of move on, because I definitely wanted to get some talking about uh, Tales of the Jedi.
1: Uh, which oh, absolutely. Was, uh,
0: amazing. Uh, let's kind of give our, our final thoughts on these last two episodes, which I thought have been, you know, and I say, I, it's funny because we say this every, almost every week, you know, oh, this episode was the best episode so far. This episode has been the best. of These two episodes for me have been, again, some of the best episodes so far of Andor um let's uh, so we're kind of uh, one thing I want to ask is you know where you would put this in relation to the other Star Wars shows as far as like because I kind of put it like it's hard to rank it's hard to rank them because each one has been you know for me I've liked parts of all of them I would I would put mm-hmm. this uh, the live action shows I would put this. Below Mandalorian, I would put Obi for me right now. I put Mando on top, um, then Obi Wan, then Andor, and then Book of Boba Fett.
1: See, I actually similar. My bookends are the same, where I've got Mando as number one and uh, Book of Boba Fett as number four. But I actually like Andor a little bit more than I like Obi Wan, and the and the and and the reason for it is the writing is really tight. Yeah, the the performances are solid across the board. Mm -hmm. Um, You like even the antagonists have some level of likability. Yeah, the thing I didn't care for with with um, with Moises. or Moses Ingram as um as as uh, what was her name, Rava or Riva?
0: Right, Riva. Yeah, Re, yeah.
1: Re. I didn't. I didn't care for her because she like. I look for likable villains, villains that mm-hmm. you you enjoy when they're on screen. She was not enjoyable as as an antagonist. She was yeah. obnoxious. She was petulant. She was petty. And yeah, you're gonna get some of that, but it's it's mm-hmm. done in a in a way that is, it's not done organically.
0: Hmm.
1: Like apparently this, this whole thing of her trying to rise through the ranks of the, uh, of the inquisitors, just so she could have a face to face with Vader and betray him feels like it came out of left field. And yeah. it's not solid writing. Like if we had some in, like, uh, like hints or clues about that earlier on in the season for the hmm. series, that would have made more sense. Yeah. And then you'd still see some level of loyalty, but by that point, you know, she, she's a trained killer. She's killing Jedi just because killing anybody who harbors Jedi. Um, And it didn't work for me. She Hmm. was, she was unenjoyable as a character. Um, Whereas you look at, you look at Cyril Karn and the way he's, or even, even Miro uh, with their performances and yeah they're hardcore they like they're antagonistic even towards one another but they're fun to watch on screen yeah yeah and, i agree and like i said the writing on this is really tight i mean of the of the and and will would probably disagree with me heavily on this <laughs> but of the of the movies that have come out under the the disney banner for star wars mm-hmm. rogue 1 has been the best written and best directed movie mm-hmm. I agree hands down because I mean don't get me wrong I I have some fondness for for solo even though if it, it, I felt like it was an unnecessary film mm-hmm. um but I really I really really enjoyed Rogue One because of how tight it was because it it had that it gave you more of a depth of what's going on in the galaxy especially with the rebellion yeah uh, you get to see m- it's less of the space wizards versus robots and disposable armies and, and more of we're focusing on individual people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it showed the war era. in star Wars too, which is because, something I
1: like. Yeah. Because and Cassian An- Andor is one of those characters that like, when you first meet him in rogue one, like he is hard boiled. Like he is, he has been through the ringer. He has seen some stuff and, you know he's still he's still a true believer in the cause that he's fighting for because he's looking to pick a fight, and uh, and you you're in this show you're seeing all those things all those layers building up to the character we get to in the movie yeah yeah and I and that's what I appreciate because it's
0: it's just darn good acting. Hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I um now. Do you think that Andor's sister is going to turn out to be the macguffin of this show? Like something that motivates the character at the beginning but and kind of gets him rolling but then turns out to be like the classic macguffin, the um the Hitchcock type the Hitchcock style macguffin I... where it's it's something that motivates the character in the beginning but mm-hmm. can be interchanged with something else, but then can also be disposed once the, once the plot line gets moving. Like, I really hope to God that's
1: not the, I really hope to God that's not the the issue here because it like we've been, he was told by his, by his adopted mom, don't go looking for her. Yeah. And I'm liking that because it's, it's more of a, more of a hint of saying, don't go looking for the dead.
0: Yeah. Which I'm so I'm so wondering if we're gonna get a thing where it turns out she's an imperial. That would be interesting. I mean, don't give me up. You know, and, and that's why that's really why she's twist. saying, you know, don't go looking for her, you know, because you're not gonna like what you see.
1: I, I think that could be a fun twist. My only caveat is, don't let if that's the, gonna be the case, don't let Andor be the one who finds her. Let it be a reveal for the audience. So that in the next season, mm. which they're going to start filming in the next week or so, um, you get this sense of this tension. She does not know that this is her brother. Yes. Okay. She's she's going to be sent in. Maybe maybe some kind of very specific inquisitor or, or whatever. I don't know because the inquisitors specifically hunt Jedi. But you know, if she's if she is. You know, if they do involve the character in some tangible way, I would I would love that to, that reveal to happen.
0: Yeah, later on. Yeah, gives it more gravity. Definitely, definitely. Well, let's move on to the other series, a short series that came out, which of course was Tales of the Jedi. And yeah, oh, I binge watched it this morning. I, I watched it a couple a few days ago with my daughter, and it was just. Oh, seeing the fall of Dooku, I we we've we've heard stories, we've read about it, and seeing you know seeing a young you know a younger Dooku, and then a younger um, Qui Gon Qui Gon Jinn as as a Padawan, and just uh,
1: One of the things I really appreciated for for Tales of the Jedi, and this is just my love for Qui Gon Jinn as a character. Mm-hmm. One, they have Liam Neeson's actual son voicing the young Padawan uh, version that we see in episode two. That was awesome. Uh, but then we actually get Liam Neeson reprising the role oh, for the second time this year. Mm. Uh, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and I just, I, I, I like the balance of it because we get to see kind of this timeline of this quick compressed timeline of events of, you know, uh, ahsoka being born of you know, events leading up to uh the the uh plot of episode one going through uh between episode one and two yeah and all of that I I thought seeing that in sequence was really well done the yeah. writing is very tight on it the characterizations are done well um dooku did not look old enough <laughs> his interactions with with uh sidious but i thought it was great
0: yeah yeah i i loved i love like even answering the little questions that you know people might have had like how was ahsoka able to fight off all those clone troopers in yeah. order 66 and then you see the answer is because she spent hours training for it well at anakin's request and like, if you look at if you look at the way that anakin trains her in that
1: that that brutality that and that that and while he shows care, you see that that kind of abusive side that Vader is known for, where he yeah. manipulates people. Yeah, and um, it's it's not the subtle you know political intrigue and manipulation and emotional manipulation of that that Palpatine was known for, or even Dooku. This is the kind of this is the kind of uh, manipulation that. That Anakin would have done because had he done it out in public, you know, Obi Wan would have questioned him, Yoda yeah. would have questioned him, Windu would have questioned him, mm-hmm. and so if you notice, he does it in this private area where only his his soldiers are going to be listening to his orders. Yeah, yeah, that
0: was just um, <sighs> blew my mind. <laughs> and, uh, what I found interesting about. Dooku story was, in many, uh, many, many aspects, he was right. Yeah, like he was right. Like he's watching everything going down and being like, "This is this isn't right. This isn't why." And I love the line when, in that first, in the very first, uh, that first episode with Dooku, mm-hmm. where that governor. Is coming in to to uh, with the soldiers to, to, uh, rescue, to his son. rescue his son, and Dooku's standing in his way. And Dooku said, "You serve the Senate," and he says, "No, I serve the citizens of the Republic." And yeah, that was just like, like it was one of those things that he turned to the dark side for. If there's a reason to turn the dark side for all the right reasons. Dooku turned to the dark side for all the right reasons.
1: And the, and the funny thing, though, is Dooku was never a true Sith. Yeah. Because, like, if you look at Maul, you look at Vader, their eyes turned when they became when they became Sith
0: mm-hmm.
1: because they were filled with rage. Dooku yeah. was never filled with that level of rage. He may have taken on the title of, of Darth Tyrannis. He may have bled his his lightsaber crystal to turn it red. He was not a true Sith. Yeah. Yeah, it, dark side, I mean, a dark side user for sure, but not a Sith.
0: Yeah, and I, I find it, I've always found it interesting that Sidious would pick someone so old to be his apprentice, because usually apprentices were people that were younger or the same idea to pick someone that, that where he had more
1: time to manipulate from, from the ground up. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. It is almost like he, he realized that Dooku was just going to be a stand in. Well, and, and, but you have to go back and think about it. Dooku came
1: from, from a noble family on his home planet. He came from wealth. Yeah. And which is why he dressed the way he did. Most other Jedi didn't, didn't dress like that. They wore, they wore simple robes. Yeah. And you see that with, you see that with Obi Wan, you see that with Mace, you see that with, with even with Qui Gon as a Padawan, Qui Gon like looked like a farmer. He looked like a peasant. Yeah. Okay. And he looked like, he looked like the servant of a rich man when he shows up in episode two. <coughs> and, and so, uh, Dooku's got this, he's got that air of nobility. He's got, you know, but at the same time, he's got this sense of justice because of his training as a Jedi. Mm hmm. And so, uh, there we're starting to see more of a reason. Um, he's uh, if you think about it in terms of like intelligence gathering and all like that. Dooku is an asset. He's not a weapon like like uh, like Darth Maul was. He wasn't. Um, he wasn't like the perfect apprentice like Vader. Be- like Anakin became with Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. He is an asset through and through. He and going back to that term disposable, he was disposable because that is how the Sith operate when they think about their apprentices. But if you if you look at it, the only thing that Palpatine probably taught him was how to conjure, you know, force lightning. Yeah. Everything else beyond that was his own skill level. And like I said, his eyes never shifted, he never turned to the dark side, he never really he wasn't the rage-filled uh you know badass that we got with with Vader
0: or with Maul. No, no. Yeah, you know, which makes me wonder, you know, if you look at the the levels of you know, falling through the dark side of fear, anger, hate, suffering, you know, mm-hmm. it's like which one of those was did, you know, um was Dooku have? I mean, which one did was it I mean, was it a hatred of the Jedi? He, didn't the Jedi hate the Jedi. he he hated well, he he didn't hate the Jedi.
1: What he hated was how close-minded they were to their mm-hmm. traditions, how how dogmatic they were, but he also hated the fact that they were being manipulated and used by the Senate.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um and can we just can I just ask something? Did we finally find out that Yoda all this time just had a speech impediment? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. he was a,
1: a frog hopped up on ketamine. I,
0: <laughs> I mean, we saw. I saw Yaddle and it's like she's talking normal. It's like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> this whole time, did Yoda just have a speech impediment? It's either <laughs> that or he's brain damage or, he or something. Or he just likes to talk weird. <laughs> I just.
1: Um, we have that's still one of those un- unknown questions because I, I saw that popping up when Tales of the Jedi started airing a couple weeks ago, and they started like they're like, "Wait a minute, Yaddle yeah, talks normal. What is going on?"
0: <laughs> yeah. I thought it was cool to see her, though. I mean, we saw yes. her a little bit, and it was just like you know seeing these little side characters, and then you know hearing what's going on in the background. You know, with you know when you mentioned you know the The Sith coming out and uh, the death of Qui-Gon and, you know, even, even uh, um, Dooku's talking about, oh, he'd like to meet Obi-Wan sometime. It would be.
1: Yeah, you you get these nice little hints towards how the, uh, you know, towards scenes that happen in the prequel
0: trilogy and seeing him take out. The little, the little thing for uh, about Camino and deleting all this stuff about Camino. Yeah, seeing that in there, just like, oh, yeah, I was because like, that was always a question.
1: Like, who deleted that? Was it Sifo Dyas that deleted it, or was it uh, who was involved with that? Because there was never a, an there was never an established timeline of when Duco was still a part of the Jedi Order and when he left, and so. Yeah in the 10 years between um between the events of uh episode episode one one and episode two Mm. that's where it falls so you know and and so uh his his timeline like you know he you know he deletes it and then he learns about the uh about the uh the Sith Lord, which obviously he knew about the Sith Lord long, long in advance, because, um, because at that point he was already working with Palpatine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was just so. I mean, Ahsoka the, story. Like, I mean, let's talk a little bit about Ahsoka story. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, seeing her being born, and. You know, seeing to like, culture was really kind of a neat thing. We've never that really was that before. was very cool. Seeing it be primitive, but at the same time, you saw droids walking around, so you know it wasn't completely yeah primitive. It was just it was almost like they had decided we're just going to live a simpler life. Yeah, we're just going to you know yeah we'll use you know maybe maybe similar to what the Amish do here here in America. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Amish community here. Uh, not far from where I live, actually, and you know this idea of like they'll they'll just they'll take you know the technology that they feel they need and kind of use it to to there, but try not to you know take <laughs> away what makes them special. You know, I kind yeah. of got maybe that little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I've always looked at the Togruda as being kind of like um, they kind of reminded so, me of like Native Americans, especially like the Comanche people. Living out on the plains, and so like, yeah. there's there's kind of that element to it, but at the same time, I I think just it was neat to see that see you know just like the joy of her uh, like the, on her father's face when he goes running through the village saying, "Hey, she's here, she's here, my daughter's <laughs> been born. This is awesome." I'm like, you know, I, I think any dad who's who's gone through that that experience, you know, they all they want to do is just cheer because. Yeah. You
0: know, One if, thing I would like if, to if, see is. You know, we, we see her when, you know, when they learn she's Jedi, you know, mm-hmm. that she has she has force abilities is the effects on the family when the Jedi finally do come to take them to the temple. That would have been and a good scene. like and, uh, you know, how at one sense they had to be there has to be the sense of pride that they're going on to learn something to be something so special, but you won't be there to to witness it. You know, you'll you'll have to, you know. Because there's a reason why they take them so young is right. so that they're they don't have to worry. That's why there's wrong with Anakin is Anakin was too old.
1: Yeah, he had already built that bond with his mom, and yeah, it was and too- it was
0: I mean, it was even different with Luke because you can say, Well, Luke, you know, Luke was old. Well, Luke, you know, yeah, he had Leia and Han, but and there was certainly be a connection there, but as far as like a familiar connection, you know, the people that had raised them were dead.
1: Yeah. So well, the other nothing, thing is, it, know, it's
0: the the other difference
1: is if you look at the the Jedi as a, as a religion, not just mm-hmm. as a as a as a spiritual order, it's much easier to indoctrinate and train a child mm-hmm. than it is to indoctrinate <laughs> and train an adult or yeah. a young adult. Teens especially are very difficult. Cause I mean, look because just looking at the age that Anakin was in episode one, he's about eight or nine. Yeah. Okay. He's phasing into that that preteen <coughs> age group. And that's when kids really start to question like their sense of black of of black and white kind of shifts into shades of gray. They um they start questioning things a lot more. Um and um, whereas children are much easier to 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 work with on an educational level. Um, and so, like, you know, going to Sunday school, you know, kids, it's easy to memorize a, you know, a quick memory verse, but then to actually apply the spiritual side of it from like, you know, preteen and moving forward it becomes much, much more challenging, mm-hmm. especially if you spent, you know, virtually no time in you, as a child in in a church or a religious organization. So it'd be, yeah. you know, whereas Luke, like Luke is like a late in life convert, but he's not looking at it from the religious perspective. He's looking at it simply from the, the martial training
0: yeah. that he has from it. But, yeah.
1: yeah. But yeah, the, 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 uh, Tales of the Jedi, I think is a really fantastic animated series. It's, it's a really good opportunity to see between the lines of what's Mm. going on Mm -hmm. and i I like to see i love where it falls on the timeline because each one of those episodes falls within the timeline of the prequel trilogy and it gives you an opportunity to uh to uh go through watch you know watch part of the film watch an episode or part of an episode go back into a film finish it up and go on to the next one. And you get to see that, how it's layered together in that timeline, I thought was just really brilliant. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then seeing, you know, Ahsoka after order 66, you know, trying to lay low Mm
1: -hmm. and,
0: you know, realizing that that's not possible, that, that not only does that Jedi training, you know, martial Jedi training come into, but that need to Help help other people, you know, and, you know, like, even, even, I mean, going back, we mentioned Obi Wan earlier. It's like what the Grand Inquisitor said. It's like an itch. Yeah. It's that need, that need to help, that need to be there. It's like an itch. The Jedi, that if you're, you know, that Jedi have to have to scratch that itch. hmm. And yeah, we saw that with Ahsoka. Yeah.
1: Um, although, I gotta say, that Inquisitor that they send, he was creepy. Oh, yeah. That Grim Reaper yeah. look going on. Um, and they couldn't have found a better voice actor to do that character. They had Clancy Brown, <laughs> who played Kurgan in Highlander.
0: Yes, uh,
1: and then he was also in uh, Mandalorian playing um, the Devaronian. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I, I love, I love his the whole persona. Like, like he's gonna kill the guy that ratted out, that ratted out Ahsoka. Yeah, right in front of her. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it was more of a test to see what she would do than anything else if she was going to hold up, you know, to whatever fiction that she was throwing at him. But I thought that was so cool. But I'm like, if this guy's an Inquisitor, man, he got taken down hard. Oh, yeah. And it makes me wonder what's what species he was because, like, you know, the, the mask fell off or head or whatever, and it just deflates. And I'm like, what is he? <laughs> what is he? I want to know.
0: Oh, oh man. Well, this has been a fun conversation. It absolutely um, has. Definitely. Uh, well, as we wrap up, why don't you tell the people out there in internet land where they can find you at? Well, there's a
1: couple places you guys can find me. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. That's one of my, my primary ones. That banner's right there. Um, you can find me on YouTube at GKJ Publishing. They're starting to use ads now, just like they do on Instagram and Twitter, uh, which is actually kind of helpful. Yeah. Well. Um, but I'm the only one on there. I do. Uh, I do book review. Well, not book reviews, book recommendations. Uh, I which had a new one come out on Saturday. I have author interviews. I have uh, writing tips that I do at the end of each month. Uh, and this month, with month of November being no shave November, obviously, uh, I'm raising money uh, to help support and raise awareness for testic- testicular cancer. Um, so, um, you know, my slogan is help me kick cancer in the balls. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at GKJ underscore, publishing. And
0: that's pretty much it. All right. As for us right here, you can check us out every week. As we say at word, Oh, our Twitter handle war of the stars one. That is also our email at war the stars one at gmail.com. Uh, If you want to listen to us and you can't listen to us live, you can check us out wherever podcasts are heard. Just type War of the Stars, A Star Wars podcast. Otherwise, you can check us live every Monday night, normally, unless, of course, things change um, at around this time. You can also check out Darth Tuba, Will's channel on YouTube. Uh, He does unboxings, stuff like that. He's had a lot it, of videos coming out in the last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to support the show financially, patreon.com forward slash war of the stars is where you can do that at. We got, as I said, we got some <clears throat> uh big things planned for that after the holiday season. Uh we will keep you informed as to what our plans are for our Patreon subscribers. So if you want to get on the ground level at become a Patreon. Um, any level will do for now we're just you know excited to show you what is in the future. Also Spreadshirt.com forward slash shop war of the stars uh, check out the cool merch you can see the uh, our thing behind me if you're uh, if you're watching us on Facebook live right now um, we get all kinds of cool shirts hats. Uh, mugs you name it with the award the stars logo um so that would help out the channel immensely yeah. also remember we are a part of the red five network red five network.com for all information on all of the shows that are part of the red five network um uh just thank you know we're so cool to be a part of the of the network a uh, bunch of great guys and uh, guys and gals on there um And uh, yeah, that will about do it. So as always, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you.